Appreciate it. Now, if you use cell phones, uh, I don't know who's not, but if you're using cell phones, you're probably paying too much if you're not using Patriot Mobile. Uh, yeah, but I trust the big mobile companies. Why? Why would you trust these people? First of all, did you know that all carriers use the same four towers? The companies share the same towers, so you're getting the same coverage. Patriot Mobile, however, is the only company that donates a portion of your bill to uh, conservative candidates and causes. Verizon, AT&T donate millions to left-wing causes, including abortion, open borders, and so much more. All of Patriot Mobile plans come with unlimited talk, text, and the same reliable nationwide service with no hidden fees. Plans start now as low as $25, and you get a free Moto Z3 Play when you switch, plus a signed copy of Donald Trump Jr.'s new book, Trigger. Free phone, Don Jr.'s book, and supporting the values you make, uh, that you believe in every time you make a call. You're saving money. You get the same great coverage. What are you doing? Switch right now. Stop wasting money and time and supporting left-wing mobile companies. It's patriotmobile.com slash blaze. That's patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Or you can call them at 877-367-7524. Do it now. Hello, Americans. It's Friday. Glad you're here, uh, especially for today, because you're going to enjoy this. We have Daniel Hannon on in a few minutes from uh, London. There was a uh, there was a story from New York uh, Magazine that American leftists believe that Corbyn, his inevitable victory, would be their model. I'm here to tell you, it is the model. What happened yesterday is going to happen here in America. We'll go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, you know that Xbox that you bought for your kid for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, the one that you're going to play with the volume muted after he goes to bed? Yeah, that one. Uh, That one's gone. The first time a burglar breaks in, that's gone. That's from underneath the tree. Anything of value gone. This is why you have to invest in home security. Right now is the best time of the year to get a Simply Safe security system for the holidays and they're giving you a huge discount on your system and a free security camera. If there is a break in, Simply Safe can give you real-time video confirmation so police respond up to three and a half times faster. No contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. Prices are fair and honest, just starting at $15 a month. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Take advantage of Simply Safe's amazing holiday savings and get a free HD security camera. The offer is for a limited time only. It's ending soon, so hurry. It's simplysafebeck.com. Save big and get a free security camera at simplysafebeck.com. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, Stu. Mr. Beck, how are you? Well, I appreciate you calling me Mr. Beck. I prefer Dr. Beck, but... Dr. Beck, how are you? I mean, I worked very hard for that. uh, Yeah, you showed up in an event to get that title, didn't you? But it was in Virginia, and I wasn't living in Virginia at the time. I had to fly 
I had to sit there and listen to speeches mm-hmm. of people graduating that I didn't really care because I didn't know. I didn't go to school with them. Nope. And then uh, I got to listen to somebody going, blah, 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 and he's a doctor. And I'm like, of course I am. Give me the certificate so I can start doing some foot surgery. So you can do some doctoring. Right. 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 Exactly and right. That's what You know what the most important thing to me in the world is, Glenn? <laughs> what is that? Uh, licensing. Licensing. I, that's how you prove your value well, in this society. Well, as a doctor, I'd have to agree with you. Right. I as mean, who- a Kentucky t- colonel. I would have to Wait. agree with you. That's right. You're also a colonel, aren't you? I'm a colonel. Doctor. I'm a doctor colonel. I'm a colonel doctor. I'm actually a reverend. Oh, my gosh. I am Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. I <laughs> want that from, from here on out. I, that's how you address me. Not Mr. Beck. It's Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. So if you call 888-727-BECK, mm. you don't have to put the Reverend Colonel Dr. Beck in the phone number. No, but you uh, think it while you're dialing it. You should think it, and yeah. then when you call up and, and Glenn answers and says, uh, you know, Bill, you're on the air, Reverend Colonel Dr. Beck, how are you today? Yeah, and it's that order, too. Reverend God is first. Mm-hmm. My, the Country. hard work I did on uh, my my doctorate. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of Kentucky, you know. So it's Reverend Dr. Colonel or Reverend Colonel Doctor? No, it's Reverend Dr. Colonel. Okay. Okay, you got it? Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. This please, is easy. from here on out. In mm-hmm. fact, I might be changing glenbeck.com to that. Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's out there registering that right now. <laughs> Probably someone from Media Matters. I redirect. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, licensing is important, and I think it's important. I mean, if you're a hairdresser. Right. God forbid you try to do anybody's hair without a license. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If yep. you, if you are if you are uh, a painter of some sort, God forbid you paint somebody's house without a license. Right. And I would throw another one in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just say you wanted to stay alive. Yeah, you have, you have to, to have, have a license, license, right? Right. Because you don't have the right to defend no, yourself. No, of course not. Of course you not. You have to make sure you have a license. Correct. And that's where this is really important. Yes. And we learned this story mm-hmm. in Illinois yes. uh, recently where uh-huh. a, a woman uh-huh. was in her car and was attacked by her ex. Now, what do you do when you're attacked by your ex? You, you, I guess you could just you know, let him kill you. Is, I think that's option one. Well, uh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Are you licensed? Well, see, this is the issue. Uh, okay. Uh, because if you have a license, you could do his hair. Or you could paint his uh, you, nails. You could paint his nails. Yeah, there's all right. sorts of things you could, you could give do. him a massage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you have to have a license, and that's what really lets you know what you can do. Right. What is your value as a human being? Correct. The government should tell us with a certificate. Correct. Exactly so, right. Here's the thing. Her thought was, mm-hmm. maybe I should try to stop this person trying to murder me. Well, now that's an, an interesting thought, uh-huh. but obviously that's not enough information on the sure, story. Sure, she took out um, a firearm. Oh my gosh! And decided to use it to mm-hmm. stop him mm-hmm. from killing mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Now it was a legally owned firearm. Yes. Okay, so yeah. that's uh, that's part of it. She had a. A license to own it. Oh, she knew. Yeah, yeah. she was totally licensed to own it. Yeah, the problem, yeah, yeah. however, she didn't have a license to use it. She didn't have a license to carry it. Now, there's a huge difference now, between was she carrying it, it or is it in her car? She, well, she had it in her car. Now, in her car, in some the states, box. Uh, you can have it. Like in Texas, for example, you don't need a, a concealed carry to keep it in your car. Uh-huh. However, in Illinois, 
Ah, That's a different story. You know, probably in Illinois, it's a lot like New York and New Jersey, where you have to keep the gun in the glove box, but all the bullets in the trunk. <laughs> right, which is really helpful in these situations. Oh, my gosh. In this situation, somebody comes and trying to kill you in your car. You're like, hang on just a second. I've got my firearm. I just need a second to get out to my trunk, get the box of bullets, load the gun, and then can we pick it up from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one minor uh, issue here. Of course, mm-hmm. now, look, this is good. An attacker, she's able to fend off the attacker. Police come. And they put the the attacker in jail, mm. um, and that's good. That's good stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look, he's an attacker. Now, obviously, they had to talk to her too because she did break a rule. She didn't have a concealed carry license, and all, <gasps> she was able to sure utilize her God given right to defend herself and her constitutional right uh, to bear arms mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. However, you know, she didn't have that license, so obviously. She had to go to jail, too. Well, that's only now, common sense. It's only common it's sense. It's only common sense. That, that you'd put the woman who was just almost murdered by her ex yeah, uh, in, in jail. jail. Yeah. And now he went to jail and had a $10,000 bond. Oh, my gosh. Now, for trying to kill her. For trying to kill her. $10,000 bond. $10,000 bond. Wow, Pretty, that's hard to raise. He probably is still in jail? Uh, no, or? he was able to raise the bond, he so was he's able out. To raise, okay, he's out. He, he's All out. Right, he's out of jail. There's a little bit of a... Uh, a wrinkle? A wrinkle. Here in the story? Hang on. Let me see if I can iron mm-hmm. the wrinkle out. Mm-hmm. Ah, there it is. There it is. There okay, it is. good. I got it. She's also in jail, uh, and her bond is $75,000, and she can't pay it. 70, uh, $75,000. $75,000. $75,000. $75,000. So she, well, she's a dangerous individual. She used a gun. She though. used a gun, mm-hmm. and she used it without a license. That's like walking into a hairdresser and just somebody saying, "Now let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me cut your hair," and they don't have a license. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. You can't have that. You can't have that. Scissors are sharp. They're very sharp. They, if you don't have a license, who knows? Are you running with them? <laughs> you might you be running with those you've scissors. You've never gone to school. Who's going to teach and you? And taken the test. Exactly. So, the government can't. The government can't. You just can't run around like that. Thankfully. Yeah, the thankfully. government and the, and the state of Illinois has mm-hmm. protected us against this dangerous woman, woman. Um, and, and kept you. her in jail. So, yeah, yeah. And look, luckily... Well, Hey, men and women are exactly alike. There's no difference between their size, their weight. There's nothing. No. He may have been identifying that day as a woman. (laughs) And if there was any difference, um, some people would suggest Mm. that the gun is the great equalizer. No, but there's no difference between them. There's no difference. Women should not have the right to. I mean, that's not cool. And you know what? Neither should men. No one should be able to defend themselves. You should just let what happens to you happen to you. Unless the government decides to license you to change that outcome. And in this case, they did not, so she's in jail and he's free. The guy who is beating the crap out of his ex is free, running around, free to beat up anybody else he wants to. But she's in jail. But she's in jail, protected. Yes. Protected from him. Right. Right? For maybe 20 years. This is for her own good. (laughs) Yeah. Amen to that, brother. Mm, I feel good about the outcome. May I say, as a reverend... Also a, a doctor, doctor and, and a, a colonel, colonel. but mm-hmm. the reverend part, may I say, give me an amen. 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 Amen, Reverend and Dr. Colonel. thus endeth the lesson, saith the Lord. <laughs> you, oh, know the- you know what's crazy mm. about this? Uh, is, uh, uh, well, everything. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's, it's all crazy. Does she have a uh, GoFundMe page? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's uh, make one for her. Oh, yeah. If she needs $75,000, I think this audience can, uh, can come up with that hey, pretty quick. By the way, do you know who, uh, do you know Dr. Rechten- Rechtenwald? Yeah. Michael Rechtenwald? Sure. Uh, Is he a colonel or? 
Now he's just a doctor. Just a doctor? Just a doctor. That's embarrassing. It really (laughs) is. really embarrassing. Anyway, so uh, he's a friend of ours who has been uh, just hammered. He lost his job at NYU um, because he, he, I mean, he was on the left side. And then he was like, this is crazy. What's happening right now is crazy. So he's lost his job. He can't get a, another job anywhere. He's looking for another teaching job at some university that might take him. Uh, please, if you work at a university, please uh, look into him. Can you go to GoFundMe and see if Michael Rechtenwald is up there? Uh, sure. I would love to. Do that. He is. Reverend Dr. Colonel. He is. A, thank you. He is. A, I think he's about to lose his house and everything else. Really? Yeah. He's written. Uh, he's written a book. And if you can just buy his book, that would be helpful. But uh, he is really having a hard time because, uh, you know, I think there are some bad guys on the right that would love to pay him lots of money. Uh, and he's taking pretty much any job he can get right now. And he doesn't. He's. You know, he's he's working for piecemeal, but here's a guy who his whole life has been turned upside down and all of his networks, all of his friends, everything uh, is now gone. Do you see him on the site? Yeah, just, we, we want to make sure that we can confirm it's the right. It uh, is. I, 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 it is. Well, I, you don't know what I'm looking at. Well, let me see it. You know what? No, I'm a reverend doctor. Okay. I demand right. you see the colonel in me says, uh, see it. It's five thousand dollar goal. Is that right? Uh, no. Uh, there's another one that's. See, this is 15. why I didn't just blurt this out. I think there's another one that's a fifteen. Why don't we look into this instead and give us a little lead time? You know what? You know, on, on you something like that, where we're going to raise. This is this is the of kind dollars. of incompetence. <laughs> I ask for a scalpel, and my number one nurse. <laughs> that's me. Number he one hands nurse. me a hammer. This is the kind of incompetence that this hospital will not. Put up with another day. You should know if you're listening on radio, I am dressed in a sexy nurse outfit. Uh, and that's, that has nothing to do with this particular segment. I just like it. it you know, it's comfy. Um, but I am dressed that way just to keep the, the visual going. Yeah, no, me. I think it's it's very nice. It's professional. Thank you. It's professional uh, for, you know, for what we do. And I and I, mm-hmm. I do have to tell you, I will miss it. But you are on suspension as of uh, about two hours and 40 minutes. For two days, you have a two-day suspension. I don't want to see you again in this operating room mm-hmm. after this show ends. I don't want to see you in here again until Monday morning. Well, I hope after next week you don't suspend me for multiple weeks because <laughs> that would be really bad. I would hate that. I won't. No, pl- no do. <laughs> Please do. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. Uh, it goes right to the woman who you know doesn't have a license. Uh, and look, I'm I'm for you. Got to have a license if you're carrying a gun. But in a special circumstance where you know you you think your husband's going to kill you, and uh, you don't have a state that's you know handing out concealed carry permits, I'm doing the same thing she did. If I was her, I'd do the same thing. Now, listen, the USCCA is there to help people, and it's there to help the concealed carry uh, uh, defenders, if you will, all around the country. Because as Stu said, she's now has a bail of $75,000, plus her life is upside down for three years. Her life, she's now have to hire attorneys. This will be in court for years. Are you prepared for that if you have to defend yourself? That's what the U.S. Concealed Carry Association does. 
you need to seize the day and you need to grab onto your rights. As we found out from the IG report, the Fourth Amendment is gone. Literally, it is gone. What are we doing? We're, we're eating away at the First Amendment. We're eating away at the Second Amendment. The Fourth Amendment is gone. You need the first and second. Otherwise, everything else is gone. Please help the U.S. Concealed Carry Association just becoming a member. I'm, I'm a member. Uh, you can text the number um, 87222 and text the word back 87222 to find out more uh, about the Concealed Carry Association, but also how you could win $1,000. They, they just really want to introduce themselves, but they'd like to give you, you know, a chance to win $1,000. There's 19 chances to win this month. It ends the 31st. So just text the word BECK to the number 87222. BECK to the number 87222 right now. You could win $1,000 for Christmas. Just do it now from the USCCA. We break now for 10 seconds. Station ID. Oh, still, 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 As a doctor, uh, as a reverend, as a colonel, I, I have to tell you that uh, all three of those professionals that live deep inside of me, mm-hmm. also a Marconi, Is- M- uh, Marconi award-winning broadcaster, I think I could say that as well. So all of those people, is that why? All of those people mm-hmm. live inside of me. So Did you see the movie Split? Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was celebrating, and I, I couldn't stop watching the BBC yesterday. Oh, that was satisfying. Oh, wasn't it? It really is. I mean, I, you know, there, was a, there was a thought that... You a know, really, really bad guy. Could yeah. get in charge of England. Jeremy Corbyn, who is uh, absolute anti-Semite, uh, you know this this one really fits these days. Pals around with terrorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one uh, from from the old uh, Sarah Palin days, one hundred percent fits Jeremy Corbyn. He makes he makes uh, Bernie Sanders look like George Washington. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> he really does because he he does not like uh, freedom. He does not like Great Britain. He loves the former Soviet Union. I mean, he is a very bad guy. Very bad guy. It seems like, uh, shockingly, uh, the UK kind of figured that one out. Britain figured that out. Mm -hmm. Um, And they uh, gave a gigantic win to Boris Johnson and the (sighs) conservatives in a... In a way, to the, to the level that they didn't even expect. Conservatives didn't even expect Shocking. to win at this level. It is it is bigger than Margaret Thatcher mm. and about the size of Winston Churchill in World War II. And he was pretty popular after that. He got that Hitler thing right. Yeah, I think we should go with him. Yeah. I think that's good. The, the, they lost, the, the left lost uh, seats that have been held since like 1930 i saw one that was 84 years it had been held by labor uh the labor party which is you know this essentially their left and uh you know conservatives over there now have it and boris johnson i mean he's you know he's great he 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 really he comes off as sort of aloof and a little silly and his hair is messed up and you know he's kind of a goofball you know, by design, I think, you know, but in reality, he's Absolutely. incredibly smart. He comes disarming. Out, he comes out before before he walks out in public. He musses up his hair. 
I mean, he is, mm. he's much more calculated. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump is just like, hey. He just goes for it. <laughs> you yeah. know, he just pulls the six shooters out as he feels. Uh, Corbin is, is. Johnson. He, yeah. Or Johnson mm-hmm. is really, really, really an intellectual uh, and, and is more of a show. I mean, Trump is a show too, but, but uh, Johnson I think knows when he's mussing up his hair. Sure. And, and, you know, a lot of this went around Brexit and it's an interesting thing here because, you know, half the country voted for Brexit, half of it voted against. It's a pretty close vote, but Brexit won out and, and it was supposed to go through. It's been three years now where we've been waiting for this to happen. And the government has done everything it's ca- it can to, to screw this up and, and stop it. And it's interesting that a lot of people who voted to stay, remain voters came came around and voted for the conservative party because they said you know this is ridiculous like i i I don't even want to i don't even i didn't even want brexit i voted against it but what you're doing here is you're not even honoring our vote like i lost and i'm willing to lose because we but we need to honor the things that that went on here i heard a labor party member yesterday uh and i just thought hmm hmm, i wonder what's going to happen here in america uh, next uh, next uh, election but he was he was saying you can't do this you can't and this goes to the gop as well hello obamacare um you can't ask people to vote let them vote and then just overturn it and just say we're not doing any of those things any parallels to the united states you can think none, of right now none it's like you know you guys lost trump won i understand you want to you want uh, wanted a different result there you got a chance to do it in 2020. We're in the middle of an election. Go out there, and if you think he's been a bad president, defeat him. Well, the, the, the I, I just love this from New York Magazine, the idea that many people on the left here in America were looking at Corbyn and saying, yeah, you know, what's going to happen in, in uh, Great Britain is going to be a precursor to what's coming. And I'm, I'm, today I'm like, uh-huh, it is. Mm. You're exactly right. He was so far out of the mainstream and he was he was pushing for the things that people felt were unfair and wrong. People people that voted for labor before they saw this. And one of the labor leaders said, you can't ignore democracy. You can't ignore the people. Now, this was a labor leader. This is what's happening with the media and with the left. That they are just they think that they are in the majority and they are not in the majority. And the Democratic Party is learning something. They're terrified by this result because this is this is essentially if you think about it from our perspective, if Boris Johnson is Trump, Jeremy Corbyn is their Elizabeth Warren is their Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. And so the Democrats today are trying to say, wait a minute, we can't run somebody like that because the same thing is going to happen to us that happened uh, to labor in the UK. You can't run someone so incredibly extreme, and it's going to rise, I think, the the, uh, the mo- momentum of behind some of these more moderate, quote-unquote, candidates, which, by the way, are not moderate at all, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the ones they are saying are moderate. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> X-Chair, did you get one yet? Now, I'm not... I'm not asking you as much as I'm really kind of trying to sear this in my memory because I think of this every day around this time when I tell you X-Chair makes a great Christmas gift and I hear my wife's voice. That's what I remember for Christmas. 
And so I have to do, I must please write this down. Order the X chair for Tanya today or I'm a dead man. <laughs> anyway, uh, surprise the person you love with a new X chair. With its patented uh, dynamic variable lumbar support, 10 different settings, the X chair is what you and those around you need for a comfortable work day. It's great for an office chair at the office or at home. I have one at my office, and when my wife comes and visits me and she'll be doing something at my desk, she'll be sitting in it, and that's why she wants one for the house. She loves it. I do, too. Don't settle for less than the best. Get an X chair today. $100 off xchairbeck.com. Find it now. One that fits your budget, xchairbeck.com, xchairbeck.com. It's been a decade since we first talked to Daniel Hannon from the uh, from Great Britain and his desire to take Britain out of the uh, out of the EU. We talked to him next. Hmm. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in uh, just a second. Stand by for that. You're listening to the Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck program. And uh, and I take all of those titles seriously. All of them. And you should too. Uh, so we have uh, we have Daniel Hannon uh, coming on. We're trying to connect with him now on an overseas transatlantic cable connection. Uh, we had him on 10 years ago ten af- years. after he gave this great speech in the EU, EU where he's like basically saying, Europe, uh, England, you should fire me. I don't want this job anymore. We shouldn't be here. And it was such a compelling speech. And then, what, three years ago, we had him on. And we're like, congratulations. <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well, we think so. But they tend to be a little sticky. And uh, now we're having him on after the second referendum. Uh, this was just this a full election. And Boris Johnson swept. And you can give the credit to Boris Johnson, but really it's Daniel Hannon. This is his movement. Uh, the Brexit movement is is his. Now, there's two sides of this. Daniel Hannon is the guy who really... We should talk to him about this. There's this great show on... I think it was... Amazon, where, um, who's, uh, what's his name, Cumberbun? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. Mm-hmm. He played, who was it? It wasn't Hannon. No, Hannon was in, but Hannon was portrayed in, in the movie. You're talking, I think it was, I thought it was like a Showtime or HBO show originally. I think called Brexit. Called Brexit, yeah. And it, I don't know it's any of the, I don't know any of the, you know, politics over there, but it seemed pretty fair and good. And they portrayed, Daniel, Daniel Hannon, Hannon really well, at, really well, and, yeah. and, and in fact, at least, I mean, I'm sure for him there may have been issues with it, but generally sure. speaking, it was one From of those. Here, it looked pretty good. Yeah, one of the, they actually treated him with respect. Hang on, just a sec. Daniel's on the phone. Daniel Hannon. Hey, Glenn, how are you? Very good. Congratulations, sir, uh, for a second time. Thank you. Well, no, don't congratulate me. Congratulate the the country that can no. still hold its head high, having rejected Marxism and anti-Semitism. I mean, it is crazy. It is crazy. I heard one of the Labor Party leaders yesterday say, you know, you just can't go against democracy. You just you can't just not listen to the people. I'm like, huh, what an idea. Maybe we should think about that here you in know, the United States. I, I actually think you have just unerringly put your finger on what the single biggest sentiment behind this vote was. 
You know, we voted to leave the European Union three years ago. We voted to leave in bigger numbers than British people have ever voted for anything. And I think a lot of the kind of pro-Brussels elite thought we didn't mean it. Yes. Thought that it was a kind of a joke and that if, you know, that if, if they hectored us and lectured us, we would uh, do as we were told by our betters. And I'm, I'm very glad that I live in a stubborn, stiff-necked country where people just don't react like that. And if I'm not mistaken, there were people that voted to stay in the EU last time that were voting this time saying, you know what? No, you've got to listen to the people. Is that true? Yes. I mean, I, I think we, we, all, we all anecdotally know people like that. We all have friends and neighbors in that category, and the figures bear it out. This was, uh, this was a, a, a pro-democracy vote. And it was also, I, I, I think it's really important to stress this, it's, 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 a, it's a remarkably kind of mainstream and moderate vote, um, because although, the, although his opponents have tried rather unconvincingly to paint Boris Johnson as some kind of fringe or far-right figure. He's actually very much in the political center. The only way you can call him extreme is if you regard Brexit as extreme, if you're calling a majority of the electorate extreme. In other words, if you think that it's extreme for any country to want to live under its own laws and its own institutions, you know, something that the rest of the world takes for granted. So the real extremists here were the, uh, the socialist revolutionaries on the other side, and the country politely said no to them. Because he is really more of a populist. I mean, he kind of goes where the people are, does he not? Well, I mean, there's a, so, so, so Boris is, uh, is, is politically very much in the mainstream. He's, you know, his, his character is very large. Uh, he has a very florid and colorful way with words. He has a brilliant intellect. But his politics are fairly traditional conservative politics. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who is a much more kind of normal kind of uh, guy in terms of his his background and and, uh, uh, his appearance and so on, is absolutely from outside the mainstream, something we've never really had, an unapologetic Marxist leading one of them. Right. He's a he's a Marxist. He's a he's a a virile anti-Semitic figure. Um, it seems to really hate <laughs> Great Britain uh, and what it yeah. stood for for uh, yeah. forever, going I mean, way, I, way back with him. He, I don't think he personally, I want to be as fair as I can, I don't think he personally is anti-Semitic, but he is so mm. self-righteous that he could not acknowledge or accept that his party had a problem with anti-Semitism, which comes out of this bizarre alliance between the extreme left and the Islamic jihadi types. So, and because he's so convinced that we're, we're the lefties, we're the good guys, he just couldn't bring himself to accept that the problem existed. So who is, boy, that's very gracious of you to say that about him. Um, how, uh, how much of this was about him as well as, as the British people saying, we don't, want, we don't want what he is selling beyond Brexit? Mm. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it was very I think that was a very large part of it. Mm. Um, Britain, unusual, Britain is unusual in, in two respects um, compared to, to Europe politically. In modern times, we have never had an anti-Semitic party anywhere near power. Of course, we have had individual anti-Semites yes. down the years, just as you have, just as every other country in the world has. Yeah. But they've never before infiltrated one of the major parties. That is new and was outside our experience. Second, and again, this is very different from almost every country in Europe, we never had any significant communist party. There was never any parliamentary movement that was Marxist in its orientation until now. And those two things came together 
in the last couple of years under this Labour leadership. And, you know, it's I just think here. a country which deep down is a commonsensical, level-headed, uh, fair-minded country just thought, you know what, that is not the kind of people we are. So I'm very okay. glad that we've kept our record intact as a country that has nothing to do either with anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theories or with revolutionary socialism. What should Washington and those in our parties here take as the lesson for America? Well, people are wiser than their leaders, and people want representatives, uh, legislators and, uh, and elected representatives who remember that they are servants and not rulers. When we voted leave, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't in, the, in a spirit of light banter. We really meant it. And for three years, we've been told by our supposed intellectual elites that we didn't understand what we were voting for. We got it wrong and so on. Uh, and we can see, first of all, that all of their predictions of disaster have conspicuously failed. To I mean, the, the, the British pound, like, just... the pound sterling yeah. and the straight line up beating the dollar yeah. the minute the BBC said, looks like it's going to be the conservatives in a landslide. I mean, it was straight line up. Right. And that proves something which up until now I was only able to argue, but, but I, I can now point as, as the rest of us can. Uh, to some evidence, which is that the the real problem holding back our economy and holding back, saying so, we've we've done okay, but we could have been doing even better, was not Brexit. It was fear of a Corbyn-led government. And now that that fear has been removed, I think that there will be a flood of pent-up investment mm-hmm. into the UK economy because businesses that were holding back, not just, you know, every, do you open a restaurant, do you buy a house, do you, you know, no one wanted to make those decisions as long as there was a prospect of a communist prime minister who was prepared to expropriate uh, private assets. So, and now that that, is, that that has been removed, I think the UK economy is now poised to take off. Are you going to actually leave by the end of January? Yes. 2020. <laughs> we were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be <laughs> to be absolutely clear, again, fair, fair point. Yes, we will leave at uh, uh, 11 p.m. Uh, you know, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 31st of January. Daniel, wow. the two main factors here, at least from the outsider perspective, are Jeremy Corbyn's an extremist, and the British people wanted to say, you know, democracy counts. We know this vote happened. Uh, and we need to honor it. If you had to give a kind of a split, what what was the bigger factor there? Very. I mean, you're, you're quite right. Those those were the two the two main factors, uh, and 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 they they're, they're very linked because you know the, the refusal mm-hmm. to acknowledge democracy kind of confirmed all the mm-hmm. negatives people had about. Well, hang on, is this a party that would ever uh, behave constitutionally? Uh, there's one third factor though in this, which I think is is only fair to nod at, which is the personal popularity of Boris Johnson and Mm. his ability to connect with voters in seats that had a cultural, hereditary or tribal affiliation with Labour, which almost made it impossible for them to look at at a conservative candidate because of all the connotations that they'd grown up with. Uh, And Boris has, has swept all of that away. And the, the, the whole electoral map looks different now. We, we, we had a better vote for the Conservative Party than we've had since Margaret Thatcher at her height. Is he Thatcher or is he more like Churchill? 
I mean, he he is politically much more within the Churchill tradition of sort of you know moderate patriotic Toryism. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you probably know that Boris wrote a book about. Oh, uh, it, it's the, my um, one of my favorite books. Right. It was it was written off by a lot of the critics who sneered at it, and what they said was, Boris has kind of refashioned the great wartime leader into a prop in his own drama. So mm-hmm. the, the Churchill who emerges from the pages of his book is this right-wing journalist and, and witty after-dinner speaker who is kind of cruelly overlooked by the party elites and, uh, until the moment of crisis. Now, I, I actually don't think that criticism is entirely fair. Uh, uh, Boris is not comparing himself to Churchill, but I think it is probably true that he was inspired by mm-hmm. elements of Churchill's story, mm-hmm. and in particular by the way in which the great man put all of the kind of uh, the boozing and the, the 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 unseriousness and the silly friends behind him and rose to the occasion. And I think he very much sees this as his moment to rise to the occasion. All right. So speaking of silly friends behind him, if you were in America, you were wondering when you heard him speak last night, why Elmo and a weird Darth Vader was standing <laughs> behind him and why you allowed Elmo to take his head off. Isn't it just glorious? Isn't democracy <laughs> just the most what? wonderful thing? What? It was like... When he... you are the sitting prime minister, you've got to go and defend your constituency against challenges by Elmo and Lord Buckethead. I just, I, I, <laughs> what? You know, what, a, what a fantastic reminder, in practice as well as in theory, that we are all equal before the law and the, the, the politician is the servant of the So people. quickly, can you tell us, was that Elmo and who was the guy in the bucket? We have a we've had a tradition here going back about 50 or 60 years that a number of eccentric and joke candidates uh, stand against the main party leaders in their constituencies when there is a general election. Shut up. And yeah, yeah. And one, in fact, there is a party, the guy with the, the, the guy you're calling Darth Vader, who, who, who's changed his name by deed poll to Lord Buckethead, <laughs> is the leader of quite an old party. Uh, in Britain that began in the early 60s called the Official Monster Raving Looney Party. And it has contested every by-election and its leader has stood against the incumbent prime minister at every election since the mid-60s. So they are, they're actually older than our Liberal Democrat Party. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One last question. Uh, the uh, Scottish National uh, Party uh, did very well. Uh, and... Yeah. It's funny because the people were like, hey, democracy means something and we're we're we want Brexit. Well, that's really the message of the Scottish National Party. And I think it's been the same one since Mel Gibson put blue paint on his face. Uh, (laughs) Leave us alone. We don't want a queen. What's going to happen with that? And how's Boris going to be able to? With the difference, of course, that when. when that was put to a referendum, unlike with Brexit, it, it was defeated. Um, oh, it was. So, so why yeah, yeah, why did this? In- why did the National Party go, do so well in Scotland? Well, this is interesting. So, a, a lot of their voters are in fact against independence for Scotland, but they vote for the Scottish National Party as a way of uh, maximising. Scotland's weight in the union, if you like, where you know, sending a message to London that they need to be taken seriously, or it's a very, it's a very common thing. You get it in in other places where there's a separatist uh, feeling. Um, I, I can't see there being another referendum in the short run because you know okay. we had one five years ago, and, and everyone said that that was it and it was going to be it for, for a lifetime and so on. But I do think that we need to acknowledge 
the advance in the in, in the elections of the of the Scottish National Party, and it it seems to me that the the fairest thing to all sides, given that Scotland voted to stay in the in the UK, but not by a huge margin in 2014, the fairest thing would be to try and come up with some compromise where there is more devolution for Scotland, including tax raising powers, fiscal autonomy. Uh- uh, it stops short of actually having separate embassies and so on, which I think is what the vast majority of people in Scotland say they want. They Daniel, want more autonomy, but not complete breakaway. Daniel Hannon, I have literally 10 seconds, and I'm being screamed out of my ear. 10 seconds. Does this mean, does this push France closer to Brexit themselves or not? I just need a yes or no question from, from or an answer. I don't think with France. I think the next country to go will probably be the Netherlands. God bless you. Thank you very much. Daniel Hannon, uh, our friend from... Uh, the EU, he's the ambassador of the EU, or the representative or whatever. I'm going to tell you about Omaha Steaks. Um, Omaha Steaks is just the best meat you've ever had. And if you're looking for a great Christmas gift, for $69.99, you can order the favorite gift package. Now, you have to go to omahasteaks.com and put Beck in the search bar to be able to find this special. So go to omahasteaks.com, type in Beck in the search bar. It's $69.99, but you get four six-ounce bacon-wrapped fillets. Uh, you have four pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four potato au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, the the seasoning package, the cutlery set, the boar, everything. Do it now. OmahaSteaks.com. Put in the search bar. Put Beck. OmahaSteaks.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next, which, oh, do you think Bill has a few things to say about the IG report, about the media? Oh, Chuck Todd, man. The, the latest from Chuck Todd on Meet the Press is just outrageous. He's comparing the uh, impeachment trial to the O.J. Simpson trial, except he's got it backwards. He's got it backwards. Who's making this all about the glove? The conservatives or the media? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Boy, there's a really sad story. We have Bill O'Reilly coming up in just a second. There's a really sad story about Greta Thunberg that is out. Her crisis of, of meaning. Uh, she is... She is one of the saddest figures, I think, in public today. How dare you? (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, Apparently, she had an eating disorder. She was depressed. She had no friends. She hated school. By her own telling of the story, yeah. It's so sad. And then she found climate justice, and that's her whole life. She said the entire meaning of her life. She's now... it's. It's cured her. She's now better. And it's like when you put all your faith in something like that, eventually it fails you, right? I mean, eventually she realizes she's not going to die in a fiery flood in two years. And then what? Then your meaning's gone, too. I mean, this Mm. this is really a case of really bad parents, I think. 
I mean, as a parent, I would be saying, honey, go outside and play for a little while. You know, let's have some perspective. You can't make your whole life about this. Your life has meaning besides this. It's really a sad story. We'll hope to share it with you coming up in a little while. And Bill O'Reilly is next. This has been one of the craziest weeks in American news in my life because the evidence is becoming so clear. The Constitution has been so violated. The Fourth Amendment does not exist anymore, at least for the FBI. They want to get you on charges. They want to phone tap you. If they'll do this to the President of the United States, what chance do you have against this government outrage that should be heard from coast to coast from the liberals the democrats the independents the conservatives the republicans everyone should be sitting straight up and saying wait a minute wait a minute what's going on did the media do anything about it the media barely even covered it and wall-to-wall coverage of the impeachment vote bill o'reilly is going to unload in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, here are the holidays. Bad time of the year for break-ins. People are traveling. Criminals are aware of all of the delightful stuff that's laying around your house. Simply Safe is there for comprehensive professional home security at an affordable rate. Uh, this is the best time of the year to get Simply Safe in their home security system. The holidays is the best. This is when they always have their biggest sale. They're giving you a huge discount on the system and a free security camera. Now, Simply Safe protects every room, every door, every window with 24-7 professional home monitoring. And if there is a break-in, Simply Safe can give you real-time video confirmation so police will respond up to three and a half times faster. There's no contract, no hidden fees or fine print. Prices are fair and honest, starting at $15 a month. Just go to simplysafebeck.com and take advantage of Simply Safe's amazing holiday savings and get a free HD security camera. The offer is limited for a limited time, only ends soon, so hurry, go right now to Simply safebeck.com and save big it's simply safebeck.com i'm going to start with this bill o'reilly welcome to the program what is the biggest story of the week in your opinion um so i'm on now it's my turn it's your turn yes excellent excellent welcome uh the biggest story that i took out of all the chaos this week there were actually two very important stories for Americans that have implications going forward. The first one is that it is clear to me that the FBI was out of control. So the most powerful investigative agency in the world, not just in the country, um, was basically running a bunko scheme. Remember those old detective shows? Mm -hmm. Jack Whip bunko scheme. And it is clear, there's no denying it, that they um, basically colluded, love that word. Where did I hear that before, colluded? Mm -hmm. The FBI colluded 
to get, with quotes around get, Donald Trump. So before and after the 2016 election, that's the big, big story that all Americans should be very unsettled about. Go ahead. Your follow up question. So my son said to me now he's 15 and we were talking about it. He said, Dad, what, what happened with the FBI? And I told him and uh, he sat there for just 30 seconds and he said, well, the real question is and I was shocked to hear this come out of his mouth. Who organized that? Who was at the top of that? Who allowed that to happen? Where? Couple, who was, call, who was calling the shots ago. on this? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know whether you remember. Stu may remember, but he might have been off because Stu's off a lot. <laughs> um, I told you about a K Street group called the Bonner Group. Do you no, remember that? I do that? remember that. I do remember. Okay. So Americans don't know anything about this because it'll never be reported on in in the uh, media. So every morning there is a conference call uh, that comes out of this group. They have offices. And they are basically uh, attached to the Democratic Party. But far more than that, they are uh, adherents of the secular progressive movement funded by George Soros. Now, as soon as you mention Soros, then you're a paranoid nut or you're anti-Semitic or, you know, you know what the media does. All right. But this is a true story. So everybody in Washington who, who works in all of the agencies and all of the departments know about this crew. And they know that this crew, they're activists, and they try to advance agendas. And the agenda, of course, in 2016, was keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office, right? Mm-hmm. That was the agenda mm-hmm. of the Bonner Group. Before that, it was destroy Fox News. And, and the reason I know about this is I got caught up in this. All right, they hurt me. So that's how I know so much about them, because we put our investigators and found out. But anyway, the sole agenda in 2016 was hurt Donald Trump. Get him. And in, those, um, uh, in that campaign, James Comey and McCabe, who McCabe's wife, you'll remember, ran for Congress as a Democrat mm-hmm. in Virginia. Mm-hmm. They're in that circle. They know all these people, and they know what comes out. So early on, and I don't believe that it was um, explicit. I don't believe Comey and McCabe had a meeting because they're way too smart for that and told their agents, led by Peter Strzok, the infamous mistress guy with the text, get Trump and, and that's our policy. That's not what they do. It's implied, implied. And when the opening came from the bar conversation, in London between Papadopoulos and the Australian guy. That was the opening that the FBI needed. Aha, now we have a legitimate way to go in and try to surveil the Trump campaign because we believe they're dirty. It's like, you know, they know who all the organized crime people are. They know they sell narcotics, but they need an opening to get in and tap them. This was the opening. And then from there, it cascaded into, into illegality where they made stuff up, they falsified uh, texts between the CIA and the FBI, they did all kinds of things to get the FISA warrant. So, so that's what happened. So that's let me ask you happened. this. What, why did Horowitz, the IG, come out with this, I think the headline is Mamby Pamby, because he calls them in, inaccuracies. 
But listening to his testimony, he knows those aren't inaccuracies. He knows that is a forgery, uh, uh, a setup, um, uh, lying outright to the FISA court. He knows that. Why was the language? You and I, and this is absolutely true, and Beck and O'Reilly are one of the two of the few who have pointed out that Horowitz was disingenuous, word of the day, in his testimony. And the reason he was is he doesn't want to be attacked by the Washington Post, which is uber-powerful in D.C. But Horowitz did tell you what you just raised. Mm -hmm. He did say that, but he said it in such an oblique way that you'd have to be right into that swamp to know he said there was never an explanation for the FBI's conduct. To the now, what he should have said was, in all my years of being in the Justice Department, I have never seen anything like this. And it strains credulity, another word of the day, to think that it was an accident, to think that these mistakes, all 17 of them, were accidents, just bad judgment. It no, but but they're impossible. not. But they're not. It's it's not only impossible to have seventeen or nineteen mistakes right. all fall in the one direction. The, the actions of changing an an email and reversing yeah. it, you know, cutting well, out that language. Guy is referred. He's referred, and he will be charged. Right. He will be charged. All right. That FBI agent who did that. Now, did he do it on his own? Again. Why would an FBI agent put his whole career and life at stake? For one. Why? Why? It okay. doesn't make any sense. No. So, Mike so Lee- none, of, none of this makes any sense. But what, what your audience has to understand is that this Horowitz, powerful man, Inspector General of the Justice Department, did not want to put himself at risk by telling the American people what really happened. So he did the dance. He told you, but he didn't really say it. The dance is what they all do. Okay, this is, it's getting frightening because, as Ben Sass said, he said, I was ashamed that I have to sit two people down from Mike Lee because I've had this argument for four years, and I believe in the FISA system. I believe in the FBI. And he said, I told Mike for five years this doesn't happen. And he said, now I have to hear this, that it is happening, and it's happening in a case where they knew this would get sunlight. They knew this would be seen. So if they're doing this now, what does the average American have in store with a FISA court? We're, you're, I mean, Mike Lee I came out and said... It, it, I don't think that they knew it, they were going to get caught because the press covers for them. So you've got to understand the big picture. The only way you get caught doing corrupt activities at the federal government level is if the press uncovers it because the watchdogs aren't going to do it. You saw Horowitz. I know, I know. He's not Elliot Ness. Right. All right? So when you have the press in the tank, whatever harms Donald Trump is good, and we don't really care whether you break the law to do it, this is the American press, all right? 
the FBI, they didn't fear exposure. Who was going to expose them? So this is oh. so this is so terrifying. Uh, you know, Mike, it is. That's Mike, the right word. Mike Lee said we should suspend all FISA courts until we know exactly what's going on. I.G. Uh, Horowitz said that uh, they are conducting an informa- uh, an investigation in all of the uh, FISA warrants. But this is this should terrify people. And it goes so far beyond Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. This is a this is the Fourth Amendment does not exist today in America. But but I don't I'm not buying into that. The whole system, the FISA court system, what gives you any remind we should remind your audience. The reason this was put into place was to protect Americans from foreign terrorists coming here and blowing us up. All right, That's the reason that this was um, put into place during Bush the Younger's administration, to give the federal agencies, FBI, CIA, NSA, more latitude to surveil people who might harm us. But, Bill, this is the same kind of thing that Schiff was doing when he went into the skiff and said, hey, I'm going to do these three phone numbers— well, the, those were... The, well, that's AT&T. I know, See, but... AT&T could have said no, and Schiff would have lost in court. That's AT&T. And who does AT&T own? CNN. Okay, so what, what, what's, what's happened here is corruption, number one. But I believe the corruption was directed by James Comey and Andrew McCabe. And I believe they will be indicted when the Justice Department wraps up its investigation, Durham. But between now and Durham Bar putting people in handcuffs, which will probably be in July, mm. okay, you're going to see attacks on both Barr and Durham like you've never seen by the press, which wants to harm Donald Trump. All of this, and I don't even know if Trump knows it, I think he does, is going to help him get reelected, Donald Trump. Because I'm, even even the dimmest of Americans know the fix was in. All of this stuff was contrived. It was based on nothing but getting President Trump. And when you have an apparatus, a federal apparatus, devoted to getting a president, that's corruption beyond anything that we've seen. Okay, I want to take a quick break. We're with Bill O'Reilly. Um, from BillOReilly.com, you can watch his show and uh, get all of his uh, uh, get all of his opinions every day at BillOReilly.com. I want to pause here because I want to come back and um, ask you about what do you think the Senate is going to do? How are they going to investigate? Because people do belong in handcuffs. And people need to pay a high price because if not, we have a banana republic right now. There's a banana republic that is happening. And if we don't get control of this, we all lose our freedom. Uh, And we'll go to that in just a second. First, 23andMe is here to remind you that you can give a gift that is really personal uh, to somebody that you really love this Christmas have them open up a 23andMe DNA kit. This is really an amazing experience, one that we didn't actually expect. I mean, I was excited, um, and we were all excited when we took our DNA uh, uh, test to see, you know, our heritage and everything else. 
but I didn't think that it would bring the family together as it did. I mean, we were really interested in our family history. We were, we, they, cause they came in at different times. So our DNA stuff would be available online and the kids would say every day, is it here? Is it here? Can we check? Can we check? And we did. And we spent all night going over each one. So it was like four different nights. It was really fantastic. A great bonding experience. It's not just an ancestry uh, service, it's ancestry and health. You get the genetic reports, insights to your health, and with now a hundred, uh, sorry, a, th- a 1,500 geographic regions, 23andMe is the most comprehensive ancestry breakdown on the market. And you don't pay more for the trait reports. It is really great. Ancestry and Health Kit, it's now 70 bucks. I think that's half the price. Now through December 25th at 23andMe.com slash back. That's the number 23andMe.com slash back. Order by the 16th and get it before Christmas. We have 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. So, Bill, what is the I saw a story just a few minutes ago that looks like Lindsey Graham's not going to call any witnesses for the impeachment trial. I think they're just going to just dismiss this, uh, which I guess would be a good legal uh, way to do it, because, you know, as Mike Lee said, when you've won the case, sit down and shut up. Uh, However, I think that's really bad for the country because we have to expose all of this. You know, it's a very hard call. I understand that um, if the Republicans put on a trial in the Senate, the Democratic Party will be embarrassed. Uh, You'd have a lot of court fights. They'd subpoena Schiff. He'd say no. They'd subpoena Biden. He'd say no. Um, then they go to court, and it goes on and on and on and on. But I think the strategy that Mitch McConnell, and you have to assume Donald Trump is involved with this, I think what they have um, done is looked at the polls. And the polls, which are push polls, which means that Quinnipiac and Monmouth and all of these polling agencies, they wanted a certain outlook. And the, what they wanted was that the majority of Americans want President Trump removed from office. But it didn't turn out that way in both polls. Um, even though if you look at the methodology, which, of course, BillOReilly.com does for every poll, you see far more Democrats polled than Republicans, which in a case like this is not fair. But even then, only 45 percent of the respondents want him removed because of this stuff. So that McConnell and Trump basically said, we won. And we can use this to demonize the Democratic Party. Yeah, we might get a little bit more in a trial, but we have enough now. I mean, Joe Biden himself, even though he's come up in the Democratic polls, I mean, my God, they can just bludgeon him with this Ukraine stuff. And so I think that's a strategy, and that was the decision that was made. So is any of the actual corruption in Ukraine with the Democratic Party, Barack Obama, and what is happening with our State Department and what is happening with our FDI and Justice Department, 
is that going to be exposed and and, and corrected? Because I don't see that happening unless you have, unless Donald Trump has a trial in the Senate with a Supreme Court justice and Donald Trump is tweeting all the time, I'm going to sit in the gallery and I might just blurt things out. (laughs) Because then people will watch it. And they will think, see it. I don't think Trump has ever sat in a gallery in his life. I know, I know, I know. Um, look, the only chance that we, the people, have of really knowing the extent of the corruption in the 2016 election is John Durham. That's it. Now, Barr is a pretty feisty guy, the attorney general. He has made it quite clear that he is appalled by the corruption in the American press and the corruption in the Democratic Party. Is he a partisan? Yes, he is. Is he a Trump supporter? No doubt about it. But he has power now, and that's why you saw uh, Stedman, I mean I mean, um, the former attorney general. He doesn't even <laughs> look exactly like Oprah's boyfriend, by he the does, way. He does, kind of, yes. Um come out yesterday and attack him. And and as I said, you're going to see Barr. But Barr can take this investigation anywhere he wants to take it. So if Barr himself believes it was massive corruption in Ukraine in 2016, that'll find its way into the final Justice Department report. But that's really the only hope. I don't like it. I don't like it. Unless you go over there. Yeah, back, learn this, how to speak Ukrainian, this, and uh, I, take them out. You yeah, know, I would hey, like to. Tell me what happened over here. I would like to, and we're working on that. Uh, I, I just, I feel, I tremble for my country. To quote uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, this is so corrupt and so um, uh, unjust on what's happening right now, and the ramifications are so big. It must be exposed. And I think Donald Trump is the only one that can that can make that happen because he knows how to draw a crowd. But somebody's got to do it the right way. More with Bill O'Reilly in a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you about Rectech grills. Rectech grills are just the, the best grill you've ever seen. I think they are going to. This is going to be the industry standard. Uh, you're not going to find them in a Home Depot because they don't pay home depot they they're not they're not they're not putting them in there because they can take the money that they would have to pay home depot in their cut and they put it into the grill so you're going to pay the same uh or a little less from the things that you'll find in home depot or wherever you buy your grills but this is twice the grill i talk about how it's it's 80 pounds heavier than the next competitor and i say that because it's built so well i mean it's real steel um, but one of the things that I haven't talked about is really easy to move. I mean, it is, I mean, push it around with a finger kind of, of movement. It is very high tech. You can control the temperature of your grill on your phone. It's it's just the best. Totally changing the way America grills. It's a Rectech grill, R-E-C-T-E-C grills.com. You want the very best at a comparable price? Rectech techgrills.com built by grillers for grillers coming up more with bill o'reilly and by the way you can get more bill o'reilly every day at billoreilly.com sign up today
there is something big happening in Virginia, and we have Cam Edwards, who has been a you know a Second Amendment guy forever. He's um, the host of Forty Acres and a Fuel. He's uh, and a fool. He's he's part of the uh, Blaze Podcast Network. Uh, he's coming up, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Virginia coming up in just a little while. Bill O'Reilly is with us now from BillOReilly.com. Uh, Bill, let me let me go across the water here for a second. I think there is a real lesson to be learned from Brexit uh, and from this vote. Um, uh, it was was really a referendum of do the politicians have to listen to the people or not? I tweeted yesterday. You know, I tweet back. Did you I know didn't. that? No, I didn't. I, I man, I missed I that. One. I have to full disclosure. I have no idea how to do that. Right. But I have people. <laughs> I have people that tweet, and my uh, right. corgi, mm-hmm. my corgi Holly the Terror Dog, has three million two hundred and sixty-five thousand Twitter followers. Wow! So yesterday, I tweeted that the election in Britain um, may forebode bad tidings for the Democratic Party here, mm-hmm. and the reason is that there's not a lot of difference between Boris Johnson uh, and Donald Trump. I agree. Not a lot of difference. Um, neither one is a uh, rational politician. They are both emotional men. Um, they both are populists. Mm-hmm. And Johnson um, kicked some serious um, tail Labor Party butt over there. Right. And there's not a lot of difference between the extreme on the left here and the extreme on the left of the Labor Party there. Well, they're, I think they're communists over there. I mean, yeah, well, um, Jeremy Corbyn, I mean, my God. But um, the the real takeaway for Americans who really don't care what happens in uh, the British Isles, most of us, um, is that there comes a point where the folks, the regular folks, not the ideologues, not the really politically involved people, but just the people, they they reach a point where they go enough. And I think... The Democratic Party, and I believe that the chieftains know this, are seeing that happen now. Enough of Adam Schiff, enough of Nancy Pelosi, enough of Gerald Nadler, enough of the fawning press, the corrupt press, CNN's ratings, and rock. And, and it's amazing. These are the biggest stories. And they have three-year lows in ratings. That's a repudiation of the outfit. All right. And I think that's where we're getting now. If Donald Trump would be astute, he could harness this. Mm -hmm. But instead, he attacks a 16 year old girl out of Sweden who wants it to be cooler. Yeah, you know, I'm saying to myself, no, no, this is not where you should be focusing. That is the that is the difference between Boris Johnson and uh, Donald Trump. Boris Johnson is much more calculated in his moves. I don't know that Boris Johnson is brawling outside a pub, so I'm not sure that's accurate. Um, But. As far as Donald Trump is concerned, I mean, why, why don't take your eye off the corruption? I agree. You know, you can win the election. Did I tell you I had uh, supper with Trump? Yes. Okay. Too many times. I don't want to be redundant or repetitive on uh, the Glenn Beck program. And and, and in that supper, I I basically said, and I would say this to Barack Obama or Uh to anybody. Uh Uh-huh. I said, look, 
if you want to win, all you have to do is say one simple thing. You may not like me, but do you really want them? That's it. That's all. And most Americans, I believe, at this point in history say, no, we don't want them. We don't want the New York Times. We don't want Me Too. We don't want all of this PC crap where you can't say anything. We don't want it. And therefore, we'll vote for the guy who opposes it. That's what it's going to come down to. So the media is... I mean, Chuck Todd uh, on Meet the Press and and then MSNBC and CNN, you know, not really covering uh, the uh, Horowitz testimony and their reaction to the Horowitz testimony. It is I've never seen anything. I am willing now to say that the press on the on the whole is an enemy of the Constitution of America. They, well, they, they, they are a, they are a danger and a detriment to our basic Bill of Rights. But let's get more specific, Beck. All right, than the press and the media, we can demonize them all day long. And just so your audience knows, in the opening of the Horowitz report, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham, gave a statement. MSNBC, which is run by NBC News, Correct. which is run by Comcast, refused to take Lindsey Graham's statement. Mm-hmm. However, when the minority ranking member, Dianne Feinstein, they came were there. On, MSNBC took it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's unheard of for a news agency. Correct. But that comes from Comcast. Now, the most important soundbite in the last two weeks from a politician was Michael Bloomberg, who told the CBS Morning News that, hey, yes, I ordered my news agency not to cover me or any of the Democrats running for president, while at the same time gave them the green light to hammer Donald Trump as much as possible. And the woman on CBS said, well, that doesn't seem right. And Bloomberg looked at her and said, I sign the checks, and if you accept my checks, there are restrictions on what you do. That was the most important soundbite that anybody could digest. Bloomberg basically telling the American people, I am going to control the news flow in my agency, and that's what they do in every other agency. So you're saying, it's imp- one. you're saying it's important because he actually is telling the truth? He's telling the truth, and the corporations are dictating the coverage, not, uh, what's his name, uh, on Meet the Press, um, not Jake Tapper. These people are taking orders, all right? They are ordered to do things. And sometimes it's explicit, and sometimes it's implicit. But they are not going to go against their corporate masters who sign their checks. So there's there's a there's a new uh, well, it's not new. Um, They're calling everything now, including the Horowitz uh, stuff, a um, a conspiracy theory. Yes. Right wing conspiracy. Absolutely. How is you know what? It's not getting any traction. It's not. And that's the good news. I don't want 
you know, it's Christmas time, and I, I have a plug I need to make. Yeah, right yeah, after we, I, we, I, I, I got it. I but got it's it. Christmas time, and it's goodwill toward men, and I don't want people to be depressed. The turnaround is coming, and the turnaround is not political. It's cultural. Mm-hmm. People are starting to understand that their rights are being threatened. On a number of different levels, we talked about the FISA warrants. You've talked about the Second Amendment. Um, I First do that Amendment. on BillOReilly.com all the time. Yep. We've talked about the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Okay, people are starting to say, you know what? This totalitarian left that is on display during every Democratic debate. This is a threat to me and my family. Economically, it's a threat. Socially, it's a threat. And my basic freedoms would be eroded if these people get power. That turnaround, all right, is here. Now, again, you're not going to see it reported. You're not going to hear it. But I, I, you know, everybody, I have an advantage in life, Beck, because everybody knows me. About 50% of people know you. But everybody <laughs> knows me, all right? So wherever I go, people engage. And, they're, and because I'm 6'4", 215, they, they're not nasty because, uh, you know, it's an Irish guy who knows what he's going to do. They're nice, but they ask questions, and then they offer opinions. And almost 100% of them, I've had enough of this. I have had enough. And, again, Trump may blow it. He may not understand the winds. Well, here's this, this is what I wanted to ask because it goes right to that. I think he has the clearest path to victory since Reagan and Mondale. However, he could blow it. And what, uh, what it. people are saying is that his paranoia is increasing, et cetera, et cetera, which you would understand. You just I had dinner that, with him. Though. You didn't see it because you just no. had dinner with him. Yes. Not true. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if it's true or not, but I didn't see it. All right. And I believe me, I've known a man for 30 years, so I can put him into perspective. He was the same Although he is very well aware that he's president of the United States, so I can't just go, hey, you pinhead, you know, like I could yeah. when he wasn't. Sure. Well, you can't. But he was essentially the same when I was speaking to him alone as he had been when I went to the Yankee game with him and the Nick game with him way back. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't see him facial tics or, you know, any. I didn't. And I, I, you know, look, the man is under unbelievable pressure. Never seen anything like it. Incredible. Right. Yeah. But that night, it was a three-hour dinner, Beck. I was trying, I was looking away, I got to get out of here. I mean, but it was the White House, my God. You know, it's such a magnificent, majestic place. And I was lucky to be invited. But, no, I don't see him as uh, being anything other than he has been. But the lack of discipline in his presentation on Twitter, at the rallies, going after the 16-year-old girl from Sweden, that could derail the whole thing. I agree. I agree. Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. What do you have on BillOReilly.com and for Christmas? You know, I want to tell you, we have had an unbelievable year on BillOReilly.com, and a lot of that is thanks to Beck because I'm on every Friday with Beck, and, and, you know, the word gets out. So we're going to have the best election coverage next to Beck. He'll have the best. I'll have second best. I have to say that, or this he'll cut me off. Unbelievable. Um, this is as humble want, as he gets. Yeah, if <laughs> you want it. signed copies of the United States of Trump, 
which are great stocking stuffers. This is the last roundup here on BillOReilly.com. We want to get them to you before Christmas. Book is a fabulous success. Thank you again. A lot of it's for you and Stu. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I know you guys like the book, and I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to plug that and uh, wish you guys. Are you going to be here next Friday? Or are we going to chat? Are you gone? Uh, I am going to be here next Friday. All right, so but, I'll, I'll make myself available to you, right. Beck. I, I, oh, well, that's big I'm, of you. That's, you know, I, I will. You'll take I, that free you know, hour I, I of advertising. I, that's, that's, I, have to, I have to say, I thought our discussion today <laughs> was one was of the mediocre. best. mediocre. Uh, yes, it's one of the best. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Bill. You know, I know it was one of the best. Stu didn't say it a blanket word. No, I just let you go, Bill. Bill, just listen. <laughs> thank you so much. God bless. We'll All talk right. to you next week. Bye. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. <laughs> Uh, so here we are, looking over a very uncertain future as we, uh, we, we try to make decisions on going forward. You want to buy that home or not? You'd be risking a lot. But you know, nobody ever succeeded in life without taking some risks. <sighs> Can I get some good advice from somebody who's not trying to sell me something? Yes, AmericanFinancing.net. I want to tell you a quick true story about American financing. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez uh, her and her husband, uh, Stephen, were going to, they, they both work here, uh, they were going to uh, buy a new home, and they were buying it from, I think, a builder. And they were offered these terms, and they called American Financing, and they said, so American Financing, what kind of deal? They said, we can get you a good deal. And then they found out, wait, you're buying a house. Can you get the funding through the builder? And they said, I don't know. Let's check. So they checked, found out, and they called American Financing back, and they said, okay, here's what you ask for because you'll get – because the builder just wants this thing off his books. So they'll get you a really good loan. Now, if you can't get X, Y, and Z, you come back to us, we'll get it. But you'll get a really good deal from the builder because they're motivated. Who does business like that? Who does? That's great. This is like Miracle on 34th Street. These yeah. people really are. If we can't do it, if you can get a better deal at, you know, at, uh, what was it, um, not Macy's and, uh, Macy's and, what was the other one in Miracle 34th Street? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Gimbals. Gimbals. There you go. Uh, it, it really is the Macy's and Gimbals story. They work for you. If you want some good advice on what to do, call AmericanFinancing.net right now. They will help you get the best mortgage deal that is out there. AmericanFinancing.net. Call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh, you're kidding me. Uh, Just looking at, uh, you know, we're so close to Christmas. um, And quite honestly, I think we're all kind of just there, aren't we? Aren't we coasting just until the holiday? (laughs) Um, By the way, we're a Judeo-Christian nation. We should be able to have the Jewish and the Christian holidays. I'm just saying, as a nation, it's important. We would work like five days a year if that happened, and I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Jumanji is opening tonight? Jumanji, the next level, Glenn. Not just Jumanji. 
I love Ju- I I'm in love with The Rock. He runs for 2024. <laughs> Between him and Nikki Haley, I don't know. And Kanye. I mean, you got to get Oh, I, I, I know there. I don't know between the other two. I mean, I really like The Rock. Really. You don't know any of his policies, but... No, no. I don't know any of his policies. Is that important anymore? Nope. I don't Not at so. all. Not that, at all. That's out this weekend. I'm really interested to see Richard Jewell from Clint Eastwood, which I think looks really, really good. So do you remember covering that? Yeah, uh, it was before. No, it was I remember before. watching the coverage. Yeah, yeah, I remember covering it and thinking, this is crazy. What's happening? Um, and I don't really remember how it all ended. Oh, this is the thing. This is like basically my favorite genre of movies, which is um, dramatic tellings of recent historical events. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I love these things. Every time they mm-hmm. come out, I want to see it. But I, I can't look at any of the coverage on it because I don't want to relearn the story. I want to. I want it to be revealed in the movie, and then I can go back and see where they, you know, took artistic license here and yeah. there. But I don't want to like go back and know the whole story before I go. Well, the press is very upset about it, yes. and I can't wait to read one of the reviews to you because their hypocrisy, <laughs> unbearable, is stunning. Just stunning. All right, we're going to talk about the Second Amendment and this big movement that is now happening in Virginia, coming up in uh, just a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Uh, we have Gavin Edwards on uh, in just a minute. This guy is this guy's incredible. He has written nine uh, New York Times bestselling books. Uh, he's written for every magazine. But uh, this is what I like. He's, he moonlights as a game designer, photographer, and a demolition derby driver. I've actually thought about doing demolition derby driving. Really? I, I have. Because we have it, you know, up you know, up in Idaho, where it's a small little town of 500 people. Mm-hmm. Every summer they do seconds. demolition derby. And I want to, I want to enter. I want to, I want a car that I can enter. But I've never talked to a demolition derby driver before, so I don't know if it's like, is that like suicidal? I don't think, I doubt it's suicidal, but I don't know that that's necessarily what uh, we want to spend this entire interview talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Is, uh, are you a doctor? Well, no. Okay. Are you a, uh, are you a reverend? No, I'm not. I'm are not you a, a Kentucky colonel? Uh, no, I'm not. Is a, your name on the show? No, it's not. Who are you again? Because I, I don't. I'm the Reverend Dr. Mm-hmm. Colonel Glenn Beck. That's true. And this is the Reverend Dr. Colonel Glenn Beck program. You do sound important. Thank you. Sa- sound keyword. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. You know, I only have one real memory of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and that is I'm 16 years old. My dad happens to come home early one day from work, and I'm sitting at 3 o'clock. We had four channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. And uh, Mr. Rogers was on, and everything else was a soap opera, and i just sitting on the couch eating some, I don't know, cornflakes or something. And my dad comes in, and he stops, and he sees me, and he looks at the TV, and he watches it for a second, and then he looks at me puzzled, and then he looks back at the TV, and he says, what the hell are you watching, and what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, 16 is a little <laughs> out of the demo. No, it, well, yeah. but it was one of those things where you just were surfing. You had four channels, and you're like, I'm just going to eat a bowl of cereal and watch this. My dad, rightly, uh, at 16, was like, 
turn the TV turn the TV off. Mr. Rogers now is an icon, an absolute icon. The question is why and why now? We have the author of Kindness and Wonder, Why Mr. Rogers Matters Now More Than Ever, Gavin Edwards, in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Also, uh, I don't think there's any relation. Cam Edwards is going to be talking to us about the Second Amendment sanctuary cities in about 30 minutes. What's going on in, in Virginia is not getting any coverage, but it's a very big deal. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Stu. I know you're a vegan. My daughter is a vegan, but... I love meat, and here's the. <laughs> Apologize to me for e- for eating meat. You can do what you want. Well, I also raise my own cows, and then I mm-hmm. kill them. Mm-hmm. And I, eat well, them. I, I know the process. Right, so yeah, I am yeah. aware of it. So, mm-hmm. but I kill them nicely. I mean, it's. I don't know if there is a nice way to kill. How anyway, killing them softly. The, the, <laughs> with this song, mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a favorite gift package out now from omahasteaks.com. I am a rancher. I do raise my own cattle. I eat my own beef. And I have to tell you, I don't know what magic they feed the cows uh, for an Omaha Steaks. But these, this is America's original butcher. And this is the most tender filet I've ever had. Uh, omahasteaks.com. If you go there now and you enter the promo code back, you're going to get the favorite gift package for $69.99. You'll get four six-ounce bacon wrap fillets, really tender. You'll get four really good pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, the potatoes au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and the seasoning from Omaha steaks, a six-piece cutlery set, and a cutting board. Now how much would you pay? Only sixty nine ninety nine. Order now. You'll get the favorite gift package. To get that, you have to go to omahasteaks.com. Find the search bar right there at the top and type in my name, Beck. Just type in Beck. It'll take you right to this offer, sixty nine ninety nine. dollars uh, Order your gift package right now. It's the favorite gift package, omahasteaks.com. This is one of my favorite resumes of all time. New York Times bestselling author of nine books, including The Tao of Bill Murray, Last Night at the Viper Room, the successful Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy series of misheard lyric collections, <laughs> longtime contributor Rolling Stone. He's written for the New York Times, Wired, Billboard, uh, Details, and GQ, and has moonlighted as a game designer, photographer, and a demolition derby driver. I love this guy. Uh, lives in North Carolina in Charlotte. Welcome to the program, Gavin Edwards. How are you, sir? I'm very well. How about yourself, sir? I'm I'm very good. So, uh, Mr. Rogers, he yeah. is he has always been an amazing man. Anybody who ever paid attention to him, uh, he's been an amazing man. Now he's gone, and he is an icon. An absolute icon Sur- surpasses anything Sesame Street ever did. This is this is the guy that you look at and go, that doesn't exist. Why is he suddenly so popular and everywhere? Well, I think there's uh, two reasons. One is he was the real deal. The, you know, sort of like Mr. Rogers uh, would have still done a lot of good in the world if, like, off stage he was, you know, like driving fast cars and chomping cigars. Uh, like, if that show would have still helped people. 
But everyone knows that, like, he was that authentic guy. Like, if he was out, uh, you know, sort of like, and he saw a kid, like, on the edge of a room where he was having lunch, uh, like, looking distressed, he would get up from his meal, he would walk over, get down on one knee, and talk to that kid and make sure that kid was okay. So like, that was what he was about. So, Gavin, at this point in our history, I don't think that guy could exist because everyone would go, I think there's something wrong with that guy. There's something wrong yeah. with him. You know, people said there's something wrong with that guy when he came out. Like, uh, there's people who said, you know, sort of like, uh, people would get cheesed off. They would take his patience with kids, not as perverse necessarily, but kind of as an insult. You know, there was this guy in a Chicago newspaper who wrote, you know, any self-respecting father just wants to punch Mr. Rogers in the nose. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, like, it really, uh, like, challenges people. Like, they take, you know, sort of his gentleness and his caring to be, you know, sort of like an implicit, why aren't you doing better? Which is not what he's trying for. But, you know, if it does, in fact, challenge you to do better, to tap into your inner Mr. Rogers, then, you know, like, you're going to be better off. Uh, Like, I have found, you know, just like watching the show once a day and, you know, sort of like saying to myself now and then, hey, uh, you know, sort of like, can I be a little more patient with people? Can I listen better? Can I get in touch with these very basic messages that, like, he taught me when I was a kid that I, like, forgot about and put away? Like, it improves my life. But he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't like Sesame Street. He wasn't a runaway smash, was he? Well, uh, I mean, uh, Sesame Street got even bigger, even faster. But he was, in fact, uh, you know, sort of like he took off uh, that... You know, it was a show that started off on, like, a, you know, sort of, like, a local uh, public television in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then it went to other cities, and they would, uh, pretty soon, they would just be getting thousands of fan letters when there was, early on, when they didn't uh, necessarily have enough budget to do the show, um, uh, you know, sort of, they found out that, you know, sort of, like, uh, mothers in, uh, like, uh, different areas were just, like, going door-to-door, raising money for the show, and they would show up in, like, Boston, Chicago, and Los Angeles, and say, oh, like Mr. Rogers is making a personal appearance and the stations would be overwhelmed because thousands and thousands of families would show up. So pretty quickly, you know, sort of even if he's not on adults radar, kids connected with him. They're like, oh, this is the guy who cares about me and is looking at me and telling me that, you know, sort of like he's happy that I'm there and I made today special. And that's just something magical. So you look at him and the way he spoke uh, was just very different. Um, yes. And You'll hear people say, don't talk to your kids as if they're, you know, morons. Uh, now, I know he was going for he was going for a younger, a younger audience, obviously. Right. Um, but was that what was that tone that he spoke to the kids about? Is that the way he always was? With that adults was and natural cadence. That's the way he was with adults. And you can see if you've seen uh, the new movie with Tom Hanks, like who does in many ways a very nice job, but you can see he's fighting to slow down his natural speech patterns. It's, it's not how most people speak, but that was what he did, and he was very comfortable with silence. He would take out the radio in his car because you know, he just wanted to be alone with his thoughts. He, uh, one of my favorite sequences on the show ever was just he fills up a fish tank with water. It's about three minutes. Not much happens, but just like, you know, he's just hanging out with the kids and the camera and, uh, you know, sort of like we're just going to be here and watch the fish tank fill up. He is um, uh, 
a obviously very mentally uh, healthy individual that likes silence. Very few people yeah. like and can handle silence. Nobody, n- nobody who is, um, you know, nobody who is who is struggling with things uh, will take the radio out of their car. Yeah, I mean, the term in your business is dead air, you know, sort of like, a, and if you think about it, you know, sort of like that's obviously a judgment. It's not, you know, sort of quiet time or like a contemplative time, dead air. It's a, you know, it's like people say that's death when, you know, there's not something filling every second. So um, who owns the rights to Mr. Rogers? Does his family still own it? Um, it's uh, there's a nonprofit uh, foundation uh, which uh, now does the uh, show uh, uh, Daniel Tiger's name. Okay, so so, uh, so somebody is paying somebody for all of these you know portrayals of him and and everything else. Because I'm I'm wondering it's it's just it's almost so far out of the blue, and maybe that's why it's so successful because he's the anti today. Or was it kind of or was it kind of like, you know, it's a wonderful life. Oh, there's no copyright on this. We just play this all the time. People are really, really responding to this. And you can see just in the last couple of years. And I think, you know, like whoever you are or like, uh, you know, like uh, however you feel about like sort of politics in the world, you can see things are getting louder and they're getting like nastier and cruder. And you like look at reality television, you look at how people interact with each other. And it just feels like in our lifetimes, it, you know, like the dial keeps going up and there's just more hostility in the air than there used to be. And so I think people just like crave Mr. Rogers. It's like a glass of cold water uh, that, you know, you say, oh, it doesn't have to be like this all the time. I can actually, you know, even if I don't control the mass culture, I can control what's going on, like, in my family and in my neighborhood and how I react to people. And that's, I think, why there's so much interest in him and, like, uh, renewed love for him in the last couple of years. So he's a um, he's a pendulum swing that we hope will catch on uh, bigger than just going to see him at the movies or reading about him in your book. He's a pendulum swing yeah. that we're we hopefully will go. <laughs> you know, no, and and sometimes pendulums swing uh, not just because of like one big apocalypse event, but because lots of people decide to push just a little in the same direction. You know, sort of if uh, more people just like take a moment to, to you know sort of like be kind uh, to you know sort of like slow down and like listen to their kid and stuff. Like we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. Right. Then you know, like. That's to the good. Do you think that show could exist today? It barely was able to exist then. Like, it was this weird, fluky thing that, you know, sort of like got into uh, public television, uh, you know, sort of at just the right time when they had, you know, sort of like hours that needed to be filled. And he had these gifts of, you know, sort of like he would have been a puppeteer and he had, uh, you know, like he wrote the music himself and he knew all these things. That he knew how to do a show. Uh, but, uh, you know, and just uh, because, like, well, there's nothing else. It's that or dead air. Um, so I don't think you could ever get that show on the air right now. But I do think that somebody like him could come on and he was such a natural communicator. He would find a medium and he would still find a way to connect with people. Uh, any explanation on the name Mr. McFeely? Ah, uh, 
Um, so that is actually, uh, you know, sometimes people raise their eyebrow and it's like, is that a double entendre thing? Well, I mean, it's, it's not. Really I mean, it's a kid's show. The guy is really soft-spoken, and the mailman who comes in and talks to the kids from time to time is Mr. McFeely. It's one of those things like when you look at Michael Jackson and you're like, keep it in the closet. Maybe we should have thought about that. <laughs> he was telling us something. So <laughs> McFeely was uh, Fred Rogers' middle name. Uh, but more importantly, it was uh, the name of his grandfather, um, uh, Grandfather mm. McFeely, who, uh, you know, sort of one of the reasons, like, uh, Fred had such a connection with kids and uh, was that he had a kind of an unhappy childhood. He grew up in privilege, but he was chubby, he was asthmatic, he was awkward, you know, he was sort of just kind of like shy and in many ways unhappy. But somebody who just really showed him like love a lot of the time was his grandfather who mm-hmm. like would encourage him, you know, like, hey, you want to go have an adventure, go like climb these stone walls on the farm, go do that. It's going to be okay if you rip your pants. And he was the person who told him, you know, sort of, you made today special just by being here. Uh, and that was something that meant so much to Fred when he was a kid and something that he was able to pass on to kids. So, uh, so when he needed to name and uh, like it was a tribute to his grandfather. So what's his family like? His, did he have children? What are they like today? Um, so uh, he uh, married his college sweetheart, um, uh, Joanne Rogers, a mm-hmm. concert pianist, mm-hmm. um, uh, who, you know, sort of like a... Uh, they apparently had uh, great good times together. Um, uh, she is, uh, you know, sort of like a good human being, but less patient than uh, Fred Rogers, because who is as patient as Fred Rogers? Yeah, 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 nobody. So she'll talk about, like, oh, you know, sort of like, uh, I was out at, uh, you know, like getting the car fixed, and the guy was just like no good at all. I don't even think he knew what he was doing. And he would say, well, maybe he was having a bad day. And right. like, I don't care about his bad day. What about <laughs> me? <laughs> So, uh, and they had uh, two boys uh, who, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, are basically private people. They're uh, uh, not particularly in the public eye, but they do an interview now and then in tribute to their dad. And uh, decent people? I mean, I mean, it seemed to work. Was he there for them? Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, what people say is that he was like a very loving, attentive father um, and, you know, sort of like in some ways he'd been training to be a father all his life. Um, he was not very good at disciplining them. Uh, they, you know, sort of like, you know, was very good at communicating, yeah. and, but, you know, like found it hard to be the authoritarian. And that turned out to be, uh, you know, mom's job in that household. Gavin, thank you so much. Great talking to you. You can follow uh, Gavin. I really at, enjoyed it. Uh, me too. Mr. Gavin uh, Edwards is where you can follow him. The name of the book is Kindness and Wonder, Mr. Rogers. Uh, it is uh, well worth your time to read. And I have not seen the movie. I saw the documentary. I think I saw half of the documentary. Uh, and I haven't seen the movie yet, but I want to. Uh, and he is somebody that we should all be looking toward right now. Because if we could just listen to each other, be a little kinder, uh, maybe the world would be full of a little bit more wonder that we would notice. Thank you so much, Gavin. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate it. You bet. Uh, gratitude. Let's talk a little bit about gratitude. People who are filled with gratitude are happier in their life. That is the capacity to to feel, you know what, I didn't do this on my own. And that's the thing I like about Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell is the uh, the owner of MyPillow, and he knows he didn't do this on his own. And he screwed up his life so badly at the beginning of his life. We have to have him on as a podcast. We have to have him on. He is fascinating. 
Um, but anyway, he is very, very grateful to you for making his company, and he's passing uh, some savings on to you as a way to say thank you. He has his amazing new Giza Dream Sheets. They are, I mean, I rant about these. I tell people about these in my personal life. They're the world's best cotton Giza. They're ultra soft, breathable, really durable. They are priced right, and right now, you can get buy one set and get a second set free, plus you also get uh, the money-back guarantee and free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials to buy one pair of Giza Dream Sheets, get the other one free, plus free shipping. Also, deep discounts on all other MyPillow products. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. You'll find all the great radio specials, and thank you from Mike Lindell. We pause for 10 seconds, station ID. Holy cow, we have had a jam-packed show today. Uh, we have we just finished with one Gavin uh, Edwards. Now we're going to Cam Edwards in just a few minutes. He's going to be telling us about what's going on in Virginia, and it is remarkable. And what's even more remarkable to me is this is something I have never even seen, even during the Tea Party. This is bigger than the Tea Party movement, what's happening in, in Virginia, the sanctuary cities. The people are turning out in droves uh, to stand up for the Second Amendment and you know, obvious reasons. The media is not really covering it. We also had Daniel Hannon on earlier today. You have, if you missed a minute of the show today, you've missed a lot. Uh, make sure you listen to our podcast. It's available uh, anywhere uh, you get your podcast. Um, also, tomorrow's podcast is an interview with Dave Rubin, is it not? I think, I, I think, I think it, it is, is yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't miss it, podcast. Uh, Daniel Hannon was on today. We talked a little bit about Brexit and what happened in in. Uh, in England with the uh, vote against uh, labor, and it was a bludgeoning for the Labor Party. And a lot of people here in, in the on the left were looking at England and saying, ah, this is really going to be what it's going to be like for us in America. And if Donald Trump plays his cards right, I think that's exactly what's going to happen here in America. Have you been following this sort of back and forth between the Senate and the president where they're talking about how this investigation is going to go forward and what mitch mcconnell seems to be saying is basically they're letting the president you know take the lead here what do you what do you want to do they should yeah i mean it's it's a little weird i mean supposedly this is a vote uh, on whether he's going to be impeached or not so normally you wouldn't well he's necessarily... going to be impeached i mean they just voted for the articles I mean, of rem- impeachment. yes they did the, it's out, out, of committee, of, out of committee yep. and so now it's got to go to the floor and next week they Sorry. will vote for uh, impeachment. So he will be impeached. The yeah. trial means will he be convicted and removed from office? So McConnell's basically saying, you know, I, he's trying to, I would say, lose the uh, argument against the Senate that you might make, for example, mm-hmm. if they come out and just get this over with quickly and don't go into all this depth. He's trying to say, look, we're following the president's lead. If he wants to do this, fine. If he doesn't, fine. Uh, if he wants to call witnesses, fine. If he doesn't, fine. That's the argument from the Senate. And so the left wait, is wait, saying, wait, so wait a minute. You can't let the guy who's in, on nope. trial design the trial. You can't. So so what you're telling me is the Republicans are shirking their responsibility constitutionally in the Senate. They are mealy-mouthed. They are spineless individuals who will just go along. 
That does seem to be the case. However, <laughs> I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm they, shocked. I am should, shocked. At the very least, they shouldn't be publicly saying right. that. I mean, I, I don't think it's a good idea to let the president no, I think design it's... the process. They should do what they think is right. That's right. And I, you know, but I think what they're trying to say is basically win over Trump supporters so they don't get blamed if Trump decides, well, I want to get this over with right now. He's trying to he's trying to diffuse the argument to Trump supporters who are saying, wait, I want a big trial. Right. I want this investigated. And the president might might say and decide, I don't want to go through all this. Let's get it over with and get on with the election. So what you're saying is the Republicans are only playing politics, not actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but like, they're, they're, I mean, if, I know, if it's I know, the president's know. decision, well, you know. know, what do people say? I, I know. I know. That the Republicans should grow a spine and do the right thing. That's what I said two weeks ago, and I'll continue to say. Back in just a second. Just trying to frustrate you, Stu. Thank you. And it worked. Mm-hmm. According to a recent, I learned that from Mr. Rogers. <laughs> According to a recent report, 83% of U.S. consumers plan to shop online for holiday gifts. But keep in mind, the FBI received nearly 300 online theft complaints. That was last year alone. Now, that that was a loss of $1.4 billion. So before you hit that buy button, stop to remember that some websites are created by people who, who want your credit card data and other personal information. It's important to understand how cybercrime is affecting our lives. Identity theft is another really serious issue. Somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, so it's not good enough just to monitor your credit. That's why there is LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. That's promo code B-E-C-K at LifeLock.com for up to 25% off now. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Go to blazetv.com, use the promo code Glenn, and save 10 bucks off. What a great Christmas present you can give right? yourself. Welcome to the program, uh, Mr. Cam Edwards, who's part of the uh, podcast, the Blaze Podcast uh, Network. We're glad you're here. Uh, Cam uh, has been a First Amendment um, uh, rights guy for ever since I can remember um, and uh, has his podcast about it. And I really want to talk to him, uh, Second Amendment, uh, and I, I really want to talk to him about what's happening in Virginia and this this movement in Virginia that is really getting very little attention in the mainstream, and that is the sanctuary cities movement. Cam, the way I view this now, I don't, I haven't been there, so I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have, but I think this is more powerful uh, than the Tea Party turnouts that were happening, even at its zenith. You know, Glenn, I think that you're right, and thanks so much for having me on the program. And we now have 91 localities in Virginia, most of which are counties, that have adopted these Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions. And I have been to about eight of these county board of supervisors meetings where the resolutions have been discussed, and I've never seen anything like this. I mean, you have thousands 
of Virginians who are showing up with their neighbors, with their friends, with their family uh, to urge these supervisors to, to pass a, a measure that says we don't plan on spending any county funds enforcing unconstitutional gun control laws. Uh, and, and you say, you know, this has uh, got more energy than the Tea Party movement. I, I think it has at least as much energy, and this is so hyper-local. Uh, this is, you know, not a top-down movement that it really is incredible to see. So what is the state of Virginia doing? What are the Democrats doing? First of all, <laughs> is this a right versus left issue, or is this bipartisan, these turnouts? You know, I think it is largely a right versus left, but I do know that there are Democrats who are showing up and Democrats who are voting in support of these resolutions, particularly in rural Virginia. Um, I, you know, I think it's a pro-gun, anti-gun split, honestly. And the Democrats in the state, quite frankly, they're flipping out. They don't know what to do. Uh, Congressman Donald McEachin, who represents Virginia's 4th Congressional District, talked about how Governor Northam should send out the National Guard uh, to enforce these new gun control laws in, in counties that, uh, that refuse to, uh, you know, enforce gun bans or magazine bans. Uh, Governor Northam has promised that there will be some sort of unspecified consequences uh, for counties that do not capitulate. But so far, uh, is, you know, that doesn't seem to be having any effect on the movement whatsoever. So what do you suppose the people of Virginia will do if they send out the National Guard to enforce something that is, I mean, it, it kills me. You know, sanctuary cities are known uh, as cities that are breaking the law and saying mm -hmm. and defying the law. This this one is saying, no, 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 it's a Bill of Rights issue. And we're standing by the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and not letting you in. What, what, do, the, what do the Democrats think would happen uh, if they if they enforce it with 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 uh, some sort of National Guard? I, I, I guess they assume that folks would comply, uh, but I just don't see that happening. There are so many county sheriffs. We're now seeing Commonwealth attorneys, which are local prosecutors in Virginia, uh, that are also saying, you know what, we're not going to go out and we're not going to arrest anybody uh, for you know having a 20-round magazine or, or we're not going to go out and seize anybody's guns. And ultimately, I think that's what this comes down to. The the governor and these anti-gun lawmakers can put these laws on the books, but they've taught us, Glenn, how to resist over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And we're taking pages from their playbook. We're doing exactly what they've done. You know, even in the state of Virginia, there was a Commonwealth attorney earlier this year in Portsmouth, Virginia, who announced that she would be dismissing every misdemeanor marijuana case that was brought to her office. Right. And Governor Northam didn't complain. He didn't uh, threaten her with sanctions or said that there would be consequences for her ignoring state law. Um, so why would it be any different if we're talking about, uh, you know, not enforcing, if, quite frankly, a lot of these laws are unenforceable anyway, but not enforcing universal background checks or not enforcing a, a magazine ban. Uh, I just don't see the difference there. And I think the Democrats have, have kind of painted themselves into a corner. Look, everybody says that, you know, uh, we have to have universal background checks. I don't understand this. It's the most popular thing you can say as a Democrat. Uh, it's popular with the Republicans, the independents and Democrats. Cam, we have those, don't we? We have those. We've got background checks on every retail sale of a firearm. And what they want to do is they want to expand that to, to private transfers, even between family and friends. So even though you know, I think you and I uh, met for the first time back in 2003, um, it would be illegal for me to even loan you 
a firearm if you came to visit me uh, in Virginia. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And, you know, Glenn, as far as the practical effects go, it sounds good on paper. It polls really well. But if you look at states where these laws have been put on the books, Colorado, for example, passed their universal background check law in 2013. Violent crime is up more than 25 percent in the state of Colorado since that background check law was put on the books. So if this is about public safety, it doesn't work. If it's about targeting legal gun owners, and I think that's what it's really about, uh, then that's enough for these gun control advocates to push it. So if the the governor decides to call out the National Guard, um, which I – do you think that's realistic, that, that that's even a realistic – I don't. Okay. I, I, I don't. I would be shocked. Um, I, I think it's much more likely that the government were, that the governor would try to use the Virginia State Police, uh, that the attorney general would maybe use his office to come in and prosecute uh, in counties and take cases, uh, you know, that the uh, commonwealth's attorney or not. But I, I, I would be shocked and, and um, really, really uh, bitterly disappointed if the governor actually tried to do something like send out the National Guard. And I think that would fail, by the way. I think that you know, again, the National Guard is made up in Virginia of Virginians. Yeah. And I don't think those members of the National Guard are any more enthusiastic about enforcing these gun control laws than the county sheriffs and a lot of local cops. That yeah, I, it's, I mean, this is something that people have talked about for a long time. You know, if the army was ever turned against the American people, would they shoot? This is even this is even harder to believe because, as you said, those are Virginians and they would be enforcing a law on virginians and most of those people are probably second amendment right people yeah. uh and i just i mean it, that's a big test uh to to lose especially it, it, it is but again i like i said i think they painted themselves into a corner here i mean even if you get into prosecuting uh, individuals for you know violating these new gun laws that they want to put on the books I, you know, there were, I think it was Rockingham County, there were about 3,000 people who crammed into a high school gymnasium and about another 3,000 who couldn't fit uh, who were outside the other night. I, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know, are any of those people, if they serve in a jury pool, are they going to convict their neighbor? Are they going to convict the person who owns the hardware store that they visit on a weekly basis? I, I don't think that they will. And so whether it's through... You know, a, a jury nullification, whether it's through the Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions, whether it's through the discretion that uh, law enforcement already has, I, I just don't see a way for these gun control laws to be fully enforced across the state of Virginia. I think they're going to be enforced in deep blue areas. I think we're going to see exactly what we've seen in places like New York State, for example, after they passed the SAFE Act. The majority of prosecutions under that gun control package take place in two boroughs of New York City, the Bronx and Brooklyn. And the vast majority of people who are prosecuted are young black men with no violent criminal history who are sent to prison for three and a half years for simply possessing a firearm without a license. And I think it's going to be young minority men in, in low-income neighborhoods who are primarily going to be impacted by these gun control laws in Virginia. Uh, and I don't know that that's the legacy that, uh, you know, Governor Blackface Northam really wants to leave. <laughs> uh, Cam, have you heard the uh, case in Illinois of the woman who is trying to uh, defend herself? She was in her car. She had a gun. She was licensed to have a gun, not licensed to carry, but she had it in her glove box. Her husband, her ex comes, is uh, threatening her life, trying to get into the car, trying to hurt her. She takes her gun out. She shoots. He gets, uh, what was it, a $10,000 bail? She has a $75,000 mm -hmm. bail? Where is the common sense here? 
There, there is none, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very familiar with this story. Uh, I've actually learned a couple of additional uh, pieces of information, including the fact that this guy apparently has been convicted of battering this woman in the past on a couple of occasions. Um, I did learn that the woman uh, was able to bond out, uh, thankfully, so she's, she's back Good. out. But again, it's absolutely egregious that the, the state of Illinois and the state's attorney in Illinois would look at this case and decide that, that this woman who acted in self-defense, and police say she acted in self-defense, that this woman should face a higher bond than the guy who beat her in her car. Um, it's uh, uh, the holiday, and um, I just want you to know we're praying for, for you and Miss E. How is she doing? She's doing, she's doing okay. She's enjoying the holidays right now. She's actually not on uh, uh, any form of treatment at the moment. She was in a clinical trial for her non-small cell lung cancer, but she had some side effects, so she had to get off of it. So uh, her oncologist said, you know, look, let's, let's take a couple months. Let's see if any clinical trials open up. Uh, and she's got an appointment next week. And hopefully, hopefully she'll be back getting some treatment soon. But, uh, but her spirits are good. Uh, she's in the Christmas spirit. She's busy. Uh, uh, knitting and crocheting uh, little corny goat critters that she's putting mm-hmm. up for sale in her Etsy shop. And, uh, and, and we're just trying to enjoy the holidays. You know, how, we're trying to make every day count. How are you holding up? For the most part, I'm good. I appreciate you asking. Um, you know, it's my job to be her rock. So uh, I let her, you know, put all of that on me. And then uh, occasionally I'll, uh, you know, wander outside. Thankfully, we live on 40 acres and my neighbors can't hear when I yell and scream at the moon or the sun or the, or the clouds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I get it out of my system, and I go back, and I, I, uh, I do what I can to, again, make sure that, that, that her every day is as good as it can be. Cam, you're a good man. Say hi to Miss E for us, and, uh, and blessings this holiday season. Thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. You Talk bet. to you soon. Cam Edwards, uh, BearingArms.com. He is also 40 Acres and a Fool, uh, which is a uh, podcast on the Blaze Podcast Network. All right, let's take a quick break. So Christmas is on its way, not too far away. Lots of good food, good cheer, and time spent with the people we love. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's only two weeks left uh, for the Chamonix Christmas and holiday sale. Time's running out for their best promotion of the year. Don't wait to order if you're worried about uh, turkey neck or double chin or any of the little problems, little imperfections that might annoy you. Uh, you got to get the GenuCell Breakthrough Jawline Treatment. It uses MDL technology, and from now until Christmas, you get the classic GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness absolutely free. Plus, I mean, they just load up Santa's bag here. GenuCell's immediate effects for results in just 12 hours. And look, it's guaranteed or your money back, so uh, no risk here. Chamonix is partnered with Women Rising to get the exact package that you get, and they're going to give that to a woman seeking support and assistance from domestic violence. Give them a call, 800-577-8709. You need to get presents. This is a great one. GenuCell.com. You can order as well. But your order uh, includes GenuCell's anti-wrinkle treatment, and it will be upgraded to priority shipping for free. If you order now, you'll also get a surprise luxury stocking stuffer just in time for Christmas Day. 800-577-8709. It's 800-577-8709. Or go to GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. Com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Mr. Uh, Stu Begier is, uh, has joined us. Mr. Begier? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Glenn. Mr. Dr. Colonel uh, Master... Well, say uh, it right. If you're going to say it, say it right, man. I only ask for a modicum of respect. You've worked hard for these titles. I have. Dr. Colonel... No. Reverend, What's first? Reverend... Reverend, Reverend Colonel Doc... No. Reverend Dr. Colonel. Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. Beck. I How am... How dare you? <laughs> I am a reverend of the Church of Universal Life, Modesto, California. Mm-hmm. I am... A doctor of humanities, Liberty University, mm-hmm. and I am a Kentucky colonel, that, like Colonel Sanders. A real—that's a real thing, Kentucky uh, colonel. And is that just from because your appearance, you look like? No, colonel Sanders, you don't or? have to look like Colonel Sanders to get it. You have to be given that by the governor of the great state of Texas uh, of uh, Kentucky? Kentucky, and uh, uh, that happened. Years ago, in the 80s, I was made a Kentucky colonel. Really? Were you? Yes, I was. Did so. you look like Colonel Sanders No, I then? didn't, and you can shut up now. But, again, you can say it politely to me. Reverend Dr. Colonel Sanders Beck. <sighs> okay, uh, let's just play a little bit from uh, from Cuomo getting slapped down uh, by the former attorney general uh, about the coverage of CNN. But first, I want to remind you what Comey had said just a couple of days ago, last Saturday, about the FISA process. Listen. I have total confidence that the FISA process was followed and that the entire case was handled in a thoughtful, responsible way by DOJ and the FBI. Uh-huh. I think the notion that FISA was abused here is nonsense. It's nonsense. Well, that's not what the inspector general found and found. He found that it was incredibly uh, flawed and disturbing to all Americans is what uh, he felt everyone should uh, should view this as. Here is a former AG for the Bush administration on CNN's prime time with Cuomo. Listen to this. In terms of logic of thought and argument. Why this insistence on denying what was pretty well established through the testimony by respectable people uh, about what happened here and why it happened? Why isn't the stronger argument for Republicans, look, what he did was not textbook. Uh, Maybe that's because he's not a politician. It was even wrong in some ways. But they got the aid. He never got any dirt on the Bidens. The election is safe. How can this be worthy of impeachment or removal from office? Why deny everything? That is, well, there's a lot more going on than just denying everything. Number one, they're making the points that you made. Number two, mm-hmm. there is still, I think, some legitimate question about whether uh, what was happening at Burisma, which was a crooked operation, uh, as a great deal of the Ukraine is, uh, didn't warrant some taking a look. Except uh, to keep it away from the absurd, the country's watching this right now. It's about what is the standard of behavior? You have the Republicans pointing the finger at the left and saying, you guys are just purely political. You hate the president. That's gratuitous because the person who uses hate and animus is our president. Uh, But they haven't made any good faith effort to do any oversight as the constitutional demands as a duty they took an oath to uphold. They've just been his defense counsel. Bravo for him, but bad for the process. Why not at least own what's obvious? What is the proper standard? This is this is a this is an impeachment proceeding. Yes. You don't remove somebody from office for not meeting the proper standard, for not displaying those qualities of mind, character, and temperament that are appropriate to a president. I uh, 
I, I mean, I don't. Cuomo is so they see the world through a funhouse mirror. They're not reflecting reality at all. We are saying those things. You're listening to Glenn Beck.